Hello and welcome to the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast number 348. Let's hear it for the wind-up merchants. On the way, derby dominance, balls tampering and the art of being not phased. My name is Michael Bailey and joining us here this Monday afternoon at Argent Towers, we have Head of News, Ian Clark. Hello. And of course, Norwich City columnist too. We have Data and Innovation Guru, <laughs> and um, I can't remember what else I was calling you. Pete Raven. Hello, Michael. Can't remember what the title was that you didn't like, but I've forgotten it now. I don't know. Um, I have many. There were a few, yeah. Resplendent in your yellow and green tie with oh, slightly off yellow shirt. I thought after the uh, weekend's results, it's only fair. It's got a bit. Of, it's got a bit of sort of tartan in it. Maybe a bit of Lambert in well, there. My tie has got a bit of tartan in, has it? Yeah. This is great for a podcast visual. It's all right. Tony's on the Tony's on the pictures, and Tony's here too. Hello, Tony. Hello. There he is. He's um, busy taking a picture and asking for questions because we haven't done it in advance. So hopefully, people reply. This will be a good experiment. It's currently half past three. God, we're late, and uh, we'll see if we get any questions in. Great stuff. And now, is everyone well? How are you both? And I know we're going to talk about the football, but how are you in general? I'm, I'm worried about your well-being. I'm concerned. I'm extraordinarily well. My throat's just about recovered from all the singing and the uh, flare smoke. Gets, gets <laughs> yeah. right in your lungs. God to hell. It's caustic, isn't it? Is, is that the right word? It, it looks good. It does. It does. I'm sadly. I'm not sure how people get them in the grounds, but I like them. For something illegal, it is good. It does look good. That's the thing. It does look good. Uh, okay. It's the first one blue, which is weird. It was an Ipswich one, wasn't it? I assumed when I looked up and saw a blue flare, I assumed yeah, the Ipswich fans are like one of the snake bits on this. Someone's got a good throw. And why would they throw it when Norwich scores? Well, it odd. said green on the packet. Oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, everyone seems well. <laughs> I think that's all good. Tony, are you well? Uh, getting there after yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Are you recovering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From all the excitement. It was very exciting. That's Tony's exciting voice. All right, just before we get stuck into the proper stuff, remember, you can get in touch with us here to share your thoughts and set the agenda. Just send an email to thepinken at archant.co.uk or get in touch via all the usual social media channels, be it the Pinken or our personal ones, of course. And uh, make sure you don't miss a single podcast throughout this season. Bearing in mind, we've only got about a third of the season left now. Uh, by subscribing, you can find all the details at pinken.com slash podcast. Now, uh, before we get stuck into the football chat, we obviously like to set a quiz question. <laughs> Why not? It is quiz time. Thanks to the Football School, the amazing quiz book that Paddy found around the office the other week. Uh, Pete's on it. I mean, we like to set numbers, but Pete has taken ownership of the selection of the question. Um, so we're going to set it and then we'll answer it in uh, the Pink and Norwich City podcast Extra Time, which you can watch as a video exclusively on the Pink and app. If you haven't got it already, just search Pink Un in either Google Play or the App Store. Pete is ready. What's the question, Pete? Um, You'll have to let me know if you've had this one already, but it's from the ouchy injuries section. Right. How did Spain goalkeeper Santiago Canizares rupture a tendon in his foot to make him miss the 2002 World Cup? Was it A, a glass bottle of aftershave shattered when he dropped it? B, a dog bit him while he was out for a run? C, he poured boiling water on it while making a cup of tea? D, he got out of bed on the wrong side. What, the wrong side? Mm. Well, was it... Um, on the side with the traps? Well, Leroy Lisa, he did uh, an injury whilst in bed, didn't he? I seem to remember. <laughs> so there's definitely stretching, a punchline there. Stretching. stretching. Uh, so. uh, I don't I have literally no idea. Which World Cup was it, did you say? 2002, Spain goalkeeper. Probably means I should know. What do you reckon, Kaki? I think it's the aftershave one. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going, although I quite like the tea idea. Oh, Pete, what do you reckon? Shave is a bit too Dave Besson and Jarve salad cream, isn't it? 
Um, I know the answer. So. Oh, well, well done for not telling us. Um, okay, well, we'll come back to that uh, in the Pink and Podcast Extra Time. I'm sure you can't wait. Pete will definitely remember which uh, quiz question it is. Okay, well, let's uh, enough of all that stuff. I'm not going to swear. Uh, that was the week that was, is where we start. And we've got to start with the derby, of course. The 107th East Anglian derby. 106th Norwich win, was it? No, no. I digress. But um, if you're counting 103, so i.e. rubbing out the Texaco Cup and Sima Cup and all that sort of stuff, say 103 in the major competitions, Norwich are now 41-40 up. Kings of Anglia. Someone's got to change the title of their magazine. We did make that joke last week, in fact, that then maybe they'd have to get rid of it. I don't think they will. I think, let's give them that. They've not got much else to cling on to. How comfortable was it, Clarky? Uh, on the whole, looking back, it was comfortable. And there were, there were times when they came at us and they, they could you know, they could have troubled us a bit. But I just think they had no potency up front. So when you bear all that in mind, I think it was as, it was as comfortable as we could have hoped for. Let's be honest, Luke Chambers did his little post-match interview. It's become something of a routine now, hasn't it? They play the game, Ipswich lose, and Luke Chambers comes out with some absolute gold. I mean, you'd think he'd just go, you know what, boys, no, I don't want to do it this year. But no, he's still there, giving it six barrels. Um, I mean, besides him sort of uh, tickling Ben Godfrey's genitalia during uh, one of the um, squabbles as well, he obviously kept himself quite busy, did Luke Chambers. But, I mean, he felt... He felt they were pulling the strings Norwich couldn't get near them at times he said I mean surely there was a degree of Norwich actually allowing that to happen only a degree I don't think it's totally by plan but certainly a degree of them allowing them to do that especially as they've gone ahead after just two minutes didn't we have the same issue with Gary Doherty always coming out after yet another defeat so I guess he's the full guy isn't he Um, yeah that's they had patches where you could see there was a team there that were playing well. Um, I think Farker alluded to it in his post-match conference that sometimes the, the early goal doesn't always help. Um, but I was never concerned. I'm usually nervous at a derby, so it's just that Will Keane is probably the worst strike I've ever seen. There's just And now they've lost Freddie Sears for the rest of the season, which yeah. isn't great news for us, for them playing our rivals, because he's the only one that could have really done anything. They're the only one that's of any concern to me. Um, but yeah, it was it was just fairly comfortable, and I guess Luke Chambers probably needs to watch it again and maybe change his uh, comments. Chambers remind me, you know those you, you see those sort of foreign leaders who you know everything is well in our country, we'll have nothing said about it, and it's a bit like that. You know, you almost couldn't see anything wrong with what they were doing, apart from the fact that. 18 on 18 points you know 10 point in effect 10 points adrift 42 points behind us heading for league one and yet he seemed to be saying well we're, we're doing all right i mean we didn't really get into top gear but we didn't need to did we it's i think that last the first sort of 15 minutes of the, the second half they really came out and i think went for it and then seemed to be exhausted from doing that and that's when we really could have destroyed them but freeze enough I think the key, the telling point, I watched the game in full uh, last night. Again, glutton for punishment, but I did. And it was telling, and I hadn't really twigged at the time. Ipswich's two best chances probably were, um, there were the second one was uh, when the ball fell to Luke Chambers actually in the box and he just sort of scuffed a shot. And there was another one where um, Alan Judge uh, ran through and took a shot and it went wide. Um, 
within probably 20 seconds of both of those chances, Norwich scored their goals. And I think that kind of told him where it was like Norwich were warned and went, oh, hang on, we're going to score here. And I have no doubt, had Ipswich just scored, Norwich probably would have gone up the other end and scored again, which probably gives the indication of where Norwich were. Uh, you mentioned Freddie Sears. Freddie Sears, he's done his cruciate knee ligament. He's going to be out for nine months. So it's not even the rest of this season. I mean, that's probably half of next year as well. Um, and of course, Ipswich's final two games are away at Sheffield United and at home to Leeds. I think that's the way around it is off the top of my head so whatever Norwich do might be best to do it with two games to go because they're probably not going to get um, uh, any particular favours it's fair to say um, good oh, well, team of Pookie team of Pookie good yeah that's fair enough that's well said uh, the, someone said he was the difference between the two sides I mean I, I don't know if it was quite that stark because I think there were differences all over the pitch but the way he takes these goals, it's just relentless. He's so clinical and efficient and a bit of a record for him. He broke Shefty Kukchi's record as an Ipswich striker for most goals scored in a, sing- in a single season in England by a Finnish striker. It was uh, 20 was his record um, in 2004-05, I think, in the championship. Um, I think it was that season. Temu's got 21. Yeah, and I think, isn't he now the... The, the, the Norwich player to have got to 20 the quickest in a season beats the Chris Sutton 27 yeah. games he's done, oh, sorry, 29 games he's done it in 28 and I think I'm right in saying that all but three of his goals have been with his first touch uh, I guess the caveat of Chris Sutton is that was against Premier League yeah. defence <laughs> as opposed to the likes of Chambers um, yeah he didn't again didn't really pop up and do a great deal during the game and then when he's needed one-touch goal. That's what he's there for. It's, it's and, just a striker that's in form. And, and the movement, I thought, for the first goal, the way the way he peeled off and just created that little bit of space. And it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a tapping, was it? You know, he was he was the wrong side of the goal, if you like, and and put it across the keeper to to get it in probably the only fairly small space was available. So it was you know whatever level he was playing against, um, it was it was a great finish and just shows what he can do. I have to say, he, he I remember at the start of the season saying because you know we were a little bit indifferent as to what we were going to get Tamu Pookie doesn't really look like a footballer yet he affects games he wins them or he scores Moritz Leitner looks like a wonderful footballer but what actually does he produce obviously Moritz proved I mean to be honest I love Moritz Leitner that was just one of my concerns and he put that to bed pretty straightforwardly Tamu Pookie the more I watch him play the more he is so clearly an extremely talented footballer who has great quality, really great quality. It's not about him not looking like this or like that. His movement is wonderful. He is a cut above the championship because of how good he is, how efficient he is. You know, he, missed, he had a couple of half chances as well on, on Sunday, but I just think an extraordinary piece of business by Norwich City and whoever convinced them to, to make that in the summer um, because that has made a massive difference to this football club. Um, didn't really feel like a derby to me, if I'm honest. You know, once the, the, the brilliant atmosphere, by the way, and we'll get onto that later. Certainly in terms of before kickoff, but once the first goal had gone in and everything sort of happened, by the end of it, it was just a fantastic win in the bigger picture for Norwich City, especially given the results elsewhere over the weekend. Norwich are back; they're two points clear at the top. They're five points clear of third, and we've got 15 games to go. It's that third spot you've got to concentrate on, isn't it? I mean, I don't matter if we finish first or second, you both start the Premier League on zero points. So if we can start pulling away from third, that'd be brilliant. Um, like you said, the results pretty much went our way the weekend. Um, even Leeds' 101st minute equaliser wasn't terrible news because it was against Borough who are coming up the rails. Um, 
so yeah uh, and like you said the atmosphere I think for me that was the in terms of it did it wasn't as an intense derby as we used to and it was sort of second half you realised yeah this is just another three points in the, the grand scheme of things it wasn't that sort of the atmosphere was there but only by the home fans the away fans were fairly terrible which early goal doesn't help mm. but when they paraded their little sort of a4 banner stuck together something about <laughs> criminals and fans it was a bit and then ours came out yeah that's the golfing class again all, I, all I'll say on that is if you don't create criminal damage you probably won't be treated like criminals and I think they have to they can't just separate the two instances as far as I'm concerned and plus Norwich fans had to deal with the same at Portman yeah. Road earlier in the season so that's just basically the way it is sorry about that um Middlesbrough and West Brom both got games in hand it's a really fascinating picture now I would love and we'll talk about the games coming up I would love for Norwich to take themselves out of it to really motor on because it's it's tight behind them you know but as I said Borough West Brom games in hand two very good sides for this level who aren't going to drop many points and we don't really know where Leeds are heaven forbid I should talk about Leeds um and Sheffield United, who, you know, are, are really good at what they do. I don't really feel like I can say anything more than that. They're really good at what they do. Well, they'll, they'll be really bruised by Friday night, don't they? 3 nil up with eight minutes to go, I think. You know, we're probably all sitting at home. Is doing... it only eight minutes to yeah. go? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're all sitting at home probably thinking, right, that's it. They've got an easy win. You know, wow. stuff you, Villa. And then, you know, I, I looked at my phone. It was 3-2 with, you know, on 90 plus three. And I thought, oh, you know, Villa gave a bit of a crack. And then I saw someone's, yes, on Twitter. <laughs> and then I guessed what happened. And I refreshed and there it was. So, you know, we know it's like the other way against Forrest when when we scored three late goals to, to get a point. And, you know, that, that may well cause them some damage, which hopefully it will. And of course, um, Leeds, Calvin Phillips, um, they according to him, they are the best side in the, in the championship. So we'll see how they uh, cope with their current situation at the moment. I think they've got Swansea coming to town in midweek which you'd imagine, Leeds being Leeds at home, they'll win that game. They've then got the weekend off, I think, because of the FA Cup, whoever they're supposed to be playing, I don't know off the top of my head, um, is still in the FA Cup. So that will be an interesting dynamic if they have a game in, in hand as well. OK, gongs of the weekend. Gongs of the week, in fact. Pete? Your favourite part of the podcast, I know that. Uh, do you want to start us off with our big Duncan Forbes hero of the week? What, other than Buki, I guess. Zimmerman got man of the match, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he was so good in the second. Two huge blocks in the second half, but also wall. telling his teammates to sort it out. He's a massive German brick wall, isn't he? Um, Emmy, for me, just again ran the show and got targeted, which is always a sign of that the opposition is scared of you. Um, oh, to be honest, most of our team got targeted. That was the only way Ipswich knew how to play, and they admitted it before the game. Um, but yeah, he was just everywhere, and obviously two assists, was it? Mm. Um, just class, isn't he? Yeah, he he is most definitely that. I feel like I just continually sing sing his praises. But what a what a signing he has been. Um, I mean, fair play, they Ipswich. They were on the right side of roughing it all up probably until the last ten minutes, and I think then they just got a bit carried away with themselves. Um, but there we go. Yeah, Emmy, you get my note. How about you? Oh, there were so many. I'm actually going to go for um, Mario Vrancic, who you knew th- it's a bit like sort of an episode from Casualty in the first <laughs> half. Every time you looked, he'd been kicked in the face. He'd been you know kicked somewhere else, and obviously. He he kept hobbling on, didn't he? At one point, he could hardly walk, but but w- didn't wave to the bench immediately and say, "I've got to come off." He was thinking, "Right, if I can just do something to, to keep going." So 
you know, to me, that's just part of the spirit that everyone wants to play. And he's, he's thinking to himself, if, I, if I'm injured and I'm out of the team here, you know, Lightning's to come back. You never know what McLean might do. Teddy's in the wings. So he just was so desperate to carry on. And I just think that was brilliant. So he's my hero. Which is, which is a good shout because um, we probably need to worry a little bit about Mario now, don't we? And we'll, we'll talk a say about the games coming up. But um, the way he's rolled over his ankle, I'm guessing he's going to be out for weeks. Hopefully he won't need surgery, but it's hard to imagine him not being out for a few weeks. And that's, that's a blow because... You know, he's been superb and as you said he was so brave for the first goal and the way he played at Ellen Road was something else you didn't see him leaving Carrow Road with a special boot on then <laughs> he did have a, spe- he did have a special boot no he did have a special boot but what I will say is they now do kind of religiously put people in boots uh, because they have to let swelling go down and just not move it for a couple of days yeah I mean Lightning must be close to a return now yeah so I think uh, the last thing we heard from Daniel on Friday was that he is back in team training but he has really been out since the end of November. He played the first half of Blackburn, but that was it. So he has really been out two and a half months and he needs to be able to trust in his fitness, I think was what Daniel said. I mean, if McLean, if, if he doesn't get in now, when is he going to get in? So I guess it's probably be him. I mean, Teddy and Tribal for me doesn't really work. No, but even though it was a pairing that worked so well last season. Yeah, it just it, it, it's too, too not creative enough between them, are they? They're two similar types. Um, I mean, Teddy did his best to get sent off yesterday, but some sort of weird flying, sliding challenge where he used his whole body, not just his feet. But um, no, you'd, you would assume McLean will come in and then we can see what he can do. You're certainly going to be desperate to play for sure. Um, I guess we the, the days of uh, wondering if Ben Godfrey is going to step in as a defensive midfielder are long gone <laughs> with the way that man is playing. Um, I did also want to nominate uh, along come Norwich, the Barkley end. Norwich they're called now it's Barkley and Norwich isn't it it's not Barkley and Project Barkley and Norwich uh, and all the guys and girls involved in the, the everything that went on around Carrow Road because again you can just sit down and think about last season the, the atmosphere around the place so different I know everything's going well on the pitch but this is this is not this is chicken and egg isn't it everything's helping the other yeah I, I parked here at Prospect House um, and I was I intended to go on the march and when I, when I walked from the car towards the ground I could hear the singing already and when I got to um Queen of Iceni, the, the noise was tremendous. So I'd sort of jumped on the end of the of the parade, and it was just great. So many, you know, everyone smiling, singing, shouting, and just a really great feeling. And then, you know, I sit top deck of the River End and looking down at the big flag and all the other flags that were flying was was brilliant. And if you were sitting in the Ipswich end, Pete, you're right about there. You know, there's their postage stamp flag. They must have been sitting there thinking, you know, this club has now really got it together, that everything's going right, whereas for them, everything's going wrong. So it's brilliant. <laughs> and most Norwich fans will agree with that, Clarky. OK, uh, Kevin Muscat, villain of the week. Well, we've already touched on Luke Chambers. Who possibly else could there be left to bring up as our villain of... I'm racking my my brains. Have we have we actually me- have we mentioned have we mentioned him yet? It's a bit to be like the football, really, isn't it? Forty two minutes and no one's really noticed. Should we go in now? Then the meltdown of Paul Lambert. I mean, let's first of all say the guy had three memorable seasons here. Any Norwich fan who was here for those three seasons will it will live long in the memory. Nothing will tarnish that in terms of the ride it was. But bloody hell, he is enough trying. <laughs> and I, th- I think to me, to me, it's been reinforced today by hearing Alex Neal's uh, comments. You know, ahead of Wednesday's game, been really magnanimous, really, you know, really thankful for what Norwich have done. And when you compare that to the, you know, the, the idiotic behaviour yesterday, it reminded me a bit of a, you know, sort of like a sad uncle on a night out with a family, sort of, you know, where everything kicks off at a wedding and he's just sort of like, let me out, let me out, and he just can't let it go. That's exactly what he was saying, though, wasn't yeah, it? The policeman yeah. was holding him off. He's like, no, no, no. But 
yeah, of course he did brilliant here, but for so many people now, that's that's becoming more and more tarnished every time he waves his arms, opens his mouth, and you know, and 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 when I watched the, the, his press conference back, you know, the aggression he had when somebody mentioned what um, Farquhar had said about about you know lack like of class. Um, you know, he's he's just getting more and more angry all the time, isn't he? I think a lot of people have picked up on his pre-match press conference as well, and mm. I'm, I'm very conscious of what it was like in his first season here when he came up against Colchester at um, the Western Homes Community Stadium, and um, his control before that game and, and confidence and and the way he knew what was going to wind everyone up, but he was so calm and assured and strong and he walked out of that pitch he, everyone was giving him in both barrels he was waving he didn't care and he just had the mix bang on the mix was completely different this time you could see from the pre-match press conference that the cogs were wearing it meant so much to him but he didn't want to let on he, I'm sure a lot of Norwich fans were like well yeah but it's Paul Lambert you know we might get them going and in the end, he kind of over got them, got them over going. If that's a, not in any way the right way of saying it, but because basically Will Keane shoved three people, and in, in the time it took for the first two minutes and Anel Hernandez to get Norwich ahead, and then obviously the fracas on the on the touchline, red card. We, we'll see what happens from here because he may well be charged. Christo Magala obviously also got a red card for being in the vicinity. <laughs> I think so. Um, just that. I can't really think of any way other to describe it than a kind of meltdown. I've never really seen a manager just lose the plot, really, in that way on on the touchline. It, I've got to be honest, it all seemed a bit sad. I mean, he's been found out, hasn't he? You speak to Villa fans, Blackburn fans, and Stoke, and just none of them have got anything nice to say about him. It's, it's I think it's, he's now realised his his stock is that low. Um, maybe he just got a bit concerned that the game wasn't going to be about him and had to do something because. I can't even remember him walking out onto the pitch and I don't. there was no reference to him, so that probably upset him a bit that it wasn't about him. Um, his comments post-match were bizarre, where he said, I don't even know who came in the technical area. Then he said that they sent off the wrong man. I was like, well, then you do know who it was. So he, And having watched it back again, it's just, he clearly started it, but just for no reason. Was it deflecting it, trying to deflect away from the game and trying to stir things up? Who knows? Um Town fans seem to love it. He probably thought, I've got a chance to be a hero here compared to Mick when he um, directed, <laughs> d- directed his anger towards his own fans. Yeah, yeah. But at least he achieved more than Lambert did. So he was now, what, worse record than Hurst before him. So I guess it just all got to him, didn't it? And we got into his head. Bless him. It, it did so well. Daniel Farker's wink certainly <laughs> made for a wonderful piece of TV editing. I mean, technical area. I hope you realise that was Norwich's technical what area. That, that was a blink. I think it was a wink because Daniel winks a lot does he does wink a lot um, if you see the footage of him walking into the ground he's, he's quite winking three or four times to be honest so he does like a wink oh, does yeah. Daniel so to speak um, so as I said we'll, we'll see how that all uh, all, all <laughs> pans out um, Lambert of course watched the second half from the director's box there's some cracking pictures we've got of that and in fair play he, what he did probably did stir it up because I thought Ipswich were um, probably more robust in the second half. They, they were, well, yeah. Um, but it probably did, you know, show that bit of an example. There's no doubt. It, Paul Lambert arrived at Ipswich, I think, with the idea that Sunday would be the moment that he would get one over on the football club. The fact that he hasn't managed that in quite spectacular style is going to make the next few weeks fascinating how he deals with it because I'm not really sh- entirely sure where the motivation is. But there it's we go. interesting that the fans still seem to love him, and I guess even more after that. But at the end of the day you're based on your result judged on your results and 
they're not going anywhere other than League One. And like he said, the success of Norwich was because he had Championship level players there. He hasn't got those at Ipswich. Which I, I thought was a weird comment because it kind of undermined his achievement. But there we go. <laughs> uh, okay, our Simeon Jackson moment of the week. Well, pfft, just pick one. Unless you've got, you know, a curveball you want to throw. Well, you, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Farker's wink, and that's my moment. And when uh, where we were, somebody said at half time, "Oh, you know, we've we've heard that Farker winked at the camera when it all kicked off." And then someone had a, some footage on the phone, and it it was the highlight of half time. And when I then watched it later on, I've seen it loads of times. It was definitely, I think it was definitely a wink, and I just think it was brilliant. Just it just summed up the difference of the two guys. You know, Farker's like, "I'm not going to get involved with this, and I'm just going to sort of say a little hello to the camera." <laughs> that is it how about you Pete I did like Marco's um, salute to the away I know the goal was offside but just walking past them giving it the ears was brilliant uh, Godfrey did something similar yeah. under the third goal which was uh, it's always nice to see I did see that um, and you know what Marco's taken a bit of stick today for flinging his arms around which he does like doing but I would say he probably did stand on his foot I'm just going to say that Shalabar probably did stand on his foot maybe let's not get too you know high and mighty because he stood on his foot and these boots aren't made of a lot I think it would hurt if someone stood on my foot but you know that will probably just uh, reiterate some of these southern softy tags and other various words I'll get called by some of my friends in Yorkshire Okay, mailbag, uh, and I appreciate this was a last-ditch effort to try and get some mailbag. Uh, we will be bang on it next week uh, when we have less maybe to concentrate on. But um, let's get this one in from Paul NCFC on Twitter. Thanks, Paul. How many points will do it, gents? Straight in. We are on. So um, I did do some sums on this. Norwich are on uh, 60 points. They've broken the 60-point barrier after 31 games. 16 teams have done that in the last 10 seasons, of which 14 were promoted one of which including in those was by the playoffs which was West Ham also one season four teams did it so therefore of course only three could actually go up basically it's looking good is what that means um, for Norwich no other team can break 60 points inside 31 games in the championship this season regardless of games um, in hand and things so what's going to take it to do it I think we'll get 90 we've got 15 games to go so that's that's two points per game which I think we'll do I think we'll average that 90 points and we'll go up so what was that <laughs> that's so, uh, 50, so 30 so points 30 more points 15 games an average of two points a game which we'll, we'll get um and we'll be in the top two. Which is what I've said, 10 wins basically from 15 games, because that would be those 30 points in the same way. Uh, likewise, I believe the record amount for a team to get in terms of points and miss out on automatic promotion is 89, which was Brighton um, two or three years ago. I think not that long ago. So 90 points should guarantee it. What do you reckon, Pete? I think it's just because the amount of teams that are involved is going to have to be quite high. Um, 90 will should do it though, shouldn't it? Might be a bit of a squeaky bum time but yeah 90 points it's funny you say that because having gone through the last 10 years the the actual points total is quite low the fact that Norwich are leading with 60 at this stage there's normally teams like I think Wolves had 74 points at this stage last season it's quite a low tally so um, as we've kind of said all season no team has grabbed the division by the scruff of the neck what I would say is that Norwich have lost twice since the opening five games of the season four games of the season um they do have that opportunity to do that now because they've been playing catch up for a little bit we'll see try not to get excited Uh, thanks for your mailbag we'll do a proper job of it next week Uh, get the comments uh, flowing won't you please so 
it is a big week ahead. This is the week ahead. Uh, we're on the road. Um, obviously, Dave and Paddy have got a well-earned day off today. I didn't know we got those, but there we go. Um, I'm only joking. Uh, some, uh, me, Dave and Pad are on the road for four days in the northwest because Norwich are at Preston on Wednesday and Bolton on Saturday. Gents, most important question, what should we do with our time? Staying up there. Yes. Uh, is the National Football Museum still in Preston or has that moved? It's in Manchester, Manchester now, isn't it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Go to the lakes. <laughs> Blackpool. Uh, yeah, Blackpool. Blackpool. Blackpool Tower. The illuminations probably switched off by now, aren't they? But um, do some work. All right, all right. Well, you say that. We're going to track. We're, we're the three of us are um, the three of us are in obviously in the northwest uh, during Valentine's Day. So I think that Thursday night, a special oh. pink, special pink and show. Tony keeps pressing your agenda. What's your agenda, Tony? Uh, candles. Yeah, candles. Just lots of candles. So a p- p- Valentine's pink show with lots of good. T- Tony's desperate for can- for candles. So uh, that will all be good. Was uh, <laughs> anyway. Moving on. There are two games, um, and of course, as we know, we're coming up against Alec Neal on uh, Wednesday night. Grims Preston. So that's the second successive Norwich City uh, former Norwich City manager. Bolton then on Saturday, which will mean, given its uh, Declan Rose hundredth mm. appearance for Preston on Wednesday and Remy Matthews is currently playing for Bolton two former Norwich City Academy graduate goalkeepers in goal they're coming up against as well what could possibly go wrong <laughs> plenty could go wrong I'm not sure, I'm not sure. well I think um, I'll take four from those two I think Preston will be tough uh, so I would I'd be happy with the draw there then I think we can get a Bolton and turn them over so if you return down the various roads ending with the A47 with four points Michael I'll be a happy man. Yeah, four points. Um, I mean, the Bolton game, if Norwich want to do what they're trying to do, they should probably go there and win. They were pretty awful against West Brom, I saw the other week. Preston's going to be a tricky game, but I don't know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, if Alec Neal's fired up, if Declan Rudd's fired up, it's very different to the rest of the players there. And, and they've sort of had an average season, in truth, even though they have improved recently. They, yeah, I was going to say, haven't they had recent pick-up in form? I think... Paddy mentioned it last week, going there on a, a Wednesday night isn't going to be too inviting, but these are the games that you've got to win. Bolton are obviously fighting for their lives, but there's a reason they're down there, so I'd be happy with four points. Do, do you trust Do you trust them now, though? Would you trust them now to go to Preston on a Wednesday night? And you know what? You, you're going to play how you play, you'll do it. Just because of how good their waveform is. Um, what's the record now? 14? Is it thirteenth? Uh, I, th- I think Leeds was was record breaking thirteen. I think off the top of my head. Keep that going. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. Mm. And this is what champions do. One, one defeat all season away. Yeah, Sheffield United, Sheffield United. which came in the last minute yeah. of injury time. 20, 28 points out of sixty. So you know, getting towards half the points on the road. So um, that that sort of um, you know not losing and, and hanging in games when we've not been. At our best just just shows that this we've we've got that right recipe. An impressive disregard for the law of averages, gentlemen. Well done. I always get a little bit twitchy. I'm not going to say anything more. In fact, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, unless anyone else got anything else to say, any other business? Uh, the the songs are great, aren't they? You know, there's more more and more songs coming this this season obviously the uh, what's the score Lambert was a great one but the Timmy Pookie Baby is my current number one on my chart I mean, it's fair to say I mean I tell you what we've just had a message from Jonathan Parker here less of a question more of an advert genuine 2018-19 Luke 
Chambers fist pumps. In perfect condition as haven't been used this season. Reason for selling, not needed. Jonathan, don't kick them when they're down. That said, Clarky, you have been fist pumping most of the week. You were all about it last week and you're still going today. We're still going today and if we win on Wednesday, I'll do it again. <laughs> That's the spirit, top stuff. Uh, right, in that case, unless you've got any other business, Pete? More flares. <laughs> we can't say that, Pete. We can't say that. Uh, Tony, got any other business? Um, I just thought what you could do in the Northwest spy. Oh, no. No. Don't you do it. I'm sick of being called a and a n. It's not happening. Love them. You're going to beef out, are you? No, I'm not going to beef out. I'm going to leave it there. You know what? Thick skin, I don't care. I'm an irrelevance, it's fine. Um, in, that, in that case, I think we're done, aren't we? Thank God I've got a beeping button. Uh, we, <laughs> thanks to all of you for listening. Of course, um, it's a goodbye to our new Leeds fans, who I'm sure are listening, but also, of course, to Ian Clark. Good night, Ian. Yeah, on the ball city and cheerio. Goodbye, Pete. Farewell, Michael. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> goodbye, Tony. Goodbye. Ah, love it. Uh, remember, pinkin.com for all the latest Norwich City news, analysis, opinion, and transfer ins- transfer insight. I think that's gone. Will Philip Heiser play soon? Maybe. Uh, we'll be back. You've forgotten about him, haven't you? I've forgotten him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It. Love it. Uh, we'll be back with you each and every Monday, so make sure you get in touch and get involved. This is your podcast as much as it is ours. We'll answer that earlier quiz question, um, plus some other stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the goalkeepers. Why not? Preston and Bolton coming up. Uh, over in the Pink and Norwich City podcast, Extra Time, you can watch that video on the Pink and app. Uh, make sure you download it if you haven't already. Until next time, here's to the calm after the storm being relentless Norwich City points accumulation. <laughs> Surely that's not uh, much to ask for. Uh, don't call them Shirley. God, have I actually written that? That's terrible. Goodbye. Goodbye.